Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. Our first Christmas series was on the words of Christmas. We talked about words like peace and Noel and Emmanuel. And then we had um, one year, I believe it was the second year, we talked about um, the names of Jesus found in Isaiah 9-6. The, the prophet Isaiah prophesied that a virgin will conceive and bear a, a son, and that will call him Emmanuel. It will be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. We went over those names of Jesus um, and, and, and what he would be called that Christmas. And we've got other Christmas series as well. I've always enjoyed it. Last year, our first Christmas Eve service, we had about 75 people here, and what a blessing it was. We gave a, a gift out to every uh, kid that came. By the way, I'm going to throw this in now before I forget. Um, we were trying to raise some money um, to do, we just had a budget meeting a few weeks ago. So church, you know that like anything extra costs is a little bit harder for us to do. So we want to get a, it's nothing expensive. We want to get a gift for every child that comes on Christmas Eve. If you are willing and able to donate towards that. And we're talking like Dollar Tree stuff. You know, we, I think last year we got them a coloring book and some crayons and some candy. And we put it in, and we got the gift bags as well. They were really, really cheap at Dollar Tree. But all that costs money. And we had like 25, 30 kids. And so you multiply that by four or five, that's like 200 bucks. So if you are able to give towards us getting those gifts for those kids on Christmas Eve, we probably should get 30 to 35 just to be safe. Anything extra that we have, we can obviously donate and give back. But we better, last year we were like, I think some, I think some boys got a frozen coloring book, to be honest, if I'm being real. They're like, what is going on here? Because we were, we just, it was awesome. It was unexpected and God did something great. And uh, we're hoping for a good crowd this year. Whoever God brings, we're excited about. Um, but we do want to have enough gifts. So if you're able to give towards that financially, come see me afterwards. You can even put it in an envelope and just put Christmas Eve service, cash, or a check, and that'll go right towards those gifts for that. We also want to probably do some cookies as well that night um, just for people to hang out afterwards. So all that, if you can help, that's great. Make sure you're going to be here for that night as well. But the Christmas Eve service last year was amazing, and the season's just wonderful. And this year, our new series, I'm very excited about it, is our One Holy Night uh, Coastline Christmas series. And what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is pulling, uh, looking at pieces of the story of Christmas, of the nativity, and pulling truths from each part. Uh, we'll talk about things like the shepherds. We'll talk about things like uh, uh, the star, um, the place where he was born. Um, I think Joel is going to be talking about that next week, and we're thrilled about that, and just different different pieces of the story, and then pulling some truth from them. I'm excited about it. And like every other year, like every other Christmas series that we have done, we're just looking back, we're just looking back at the greatest act of human love in human history. It's just what we're looking at, of love in human history. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and God gave his son Jesus. He, we know the cross, yes, he gave his son, he died on the cross, but God came to earth, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, God came to earth with his son Jesus Christ out of love. And that's the nativity story, that's the Christmas story. And so we're gonna uh, um, talk about some of the details of that, Story and uh, and then and then jump into the message. Let's pray first. Ask God to bless, um, and uh, and then we'll jump right into the message. We love you so much, God. We thank you for being so good and faithful to us. Bless this message. 
Lord, you know it's been a crazy morning and it's been a crazy week for probably everybody here, myself included. And Lord, uh, my mind is going a billion different directions right now. Reel me in. Lord, reel me in. Give me peace in my heart. Free me from any anxiety. And Lord, help me just to preach your word, to preach your truth. You are good and you are faithful to me. And we love you. Thank you for all that you do. Bless this message. Help it to encourage hearts, challenge hearts, and do a work in this place. In the name of Jesus, I speak the name of Jesus over this room, over this church, over the kids' class, over myself and the words that I'm about to say. Please use me, God. I, I'm leaning on you fully for your power. Press we pray. Amen. Before we jump in, I, I just thought something I have to say. So I remember probably, oh goodness, I don't even know how many years ago it was. Um, I was at my home church in Holyoke, my Baptist church. And all the other ministry leaders were gone for the day on, on a trip. So I, this young, probably 20, oh my goodness, probably 21 or 20, probably 20 actually. I was in charge of the whole day of services at our church in Holyoke. And we probably had about, I don't know, 150, 200 people at the time, I'm assuming. And I was going to be preaching all day long, the morning and the evening. So the morning service, I preached, and Miss um, Korea was there, sitting in the front, such an encouragement to me. I was kind of this new preacher, young guy, and I, the morning service went amazing. I mean, the message was, I felt like it went good, and the music was good, and we feel that gave the hearts of Christ, and I was like, what a great service. This is like so cool. I was just getting into like ministry as an adult. I had done stuff as a teenager, but now I was like getting into preaching, and I was just so excited. So then we had evening service as well. We had a night service at 6 o'clock. Now, I had put so much focus into that morning service that the evening, I had a message, but it probably wasn't as put together as it could have been and should have been, and, and the proof is, is, is right here, is, is that I started preaching that message, and I was all over the place. I'm talking like all over the place. I don't even know what it was about. I just remember, I remember at a certain point, I probably was like 45, 50 minutes in. Okay, that's a lot, by the way. I don't preach that long now. I hope I'm probably very, very, very rarely. But at least now, I hope if I preach 45 minutes, it has some depth to it. This one was just, it was just, you can see confused looks on people's face. Like, what is this guy talking about? And I remember I got to a certain point. I was probably like a three pages of notes left. And I look out and I see Miss Korea. And I look out and she had the most comforting look of almost pity, of like, you're doing good, buddy. You're doing good. Let's just, let's just, let's just be done, man. Let's just be done. And, and I remember being like, man, she is right. And I remember being like, folks, thank you for listening. Let's have our heads bowed for a moment. And we finished it. But I, I literally, it's one of those core memories of like looking out and seeing. She wasn't like, come on, man, hurry up. It was almost like, oh, buddy, like you're doing great, but you need to shut up, man. Like it's time to be done. So I'm going to I'm gonna probably try to avoid looking over there because I feel like I'm going to be this bitch and be like, oh, I need to finish up now. So no, no, I, had, I literally came to my mind and I had to say it. And uh, now that I know like that I've, it's been such a stressful week, I'm like, maybe this is going to be one of those messages. So be, beware. So now let's jump in. Um, we're talking about the Christmas story, the nativity story. And for, for those of you who may not know some of the details about this, um, we obviously can look at the pictures and their stories. There's a brand new movie out, I think, called Journey of Bethlehem, like a Christmas musical about it. So there's obviously Hollywood and, and culture in general, American culture, has really, like, the nativity is a big part of Christmas. Uh, it just, it, even still today, with people that really don't like, the, you know, uh, the Christian faith and fight against it, there's still a lot of the nativity, you'll see it all over the Cape even. And so it's there. 
but, but there's probably details about the Christmas story that we know that really aren't necessarily fact. Uh, Mary, okay, Mary, as a young, poor Jewish girl, a young, poor Jewish girl, a hard-working Jewish girl, and you look at the paintings or the little figurines, and you see this light-skinned adult woman in, like, these fancy robes and these soft-looking hands that never saw a day of laundry, and that's a far cry from reality. It just is. Mary, uh, uh, like any other Jewish woman at the time, over 2,000 years ago, was, was a hard, had a, it was hard work to be a woman in early Israel. It just was. Up at the crack of dawn, preparing food, probably bread and olive oil and dried fish, water being carried to and from the wells, uh, stored for drinking and cleaning and bathing and washing clothes. There was no washing machines back then. There was no dryers. Uh, probably gathering firewood for, for cooking and for warmth. Her workday was probably 10 hours long. Physical, hard labor. And she had to be strong. She had to be efficient. Joseph, also familiar with tough times, also familiar with, with brutal and hard physical labor. A carpenter, probably working from sunup till, till sundown or just before. Strong and resilient. Joseph and Mary, according to, to culture at that time, probably couldn't read or write. They probably were not literate, which was typical of the majority in that day. I want to read you something just from, from a, a, a book about them. Um, this is not my words, but it says, Some historical scholars believe that in Nazareth, Mary and Joseph lived in what might be described as a small housing complex, as was often typical. It consisted of perhaps four small one-room houses made of stone with dirt floors, connected by a central courtyard used for cooking and gathering. It was often the case that family members or, or you know, shared these complexes, uh, which helped them, especially the women, to share the heavy load of daily tasks. I'm trying to paint a picture for you this morning of the life that Mary and Joseph lived. Uh, kind of, again, contrary to what we've thought over our lives, because we're talking about actual Israel culture, Jewish culture at this time. These people were under, like I've mentioned many times in the, in the, when we went through the Gospel of John, under the burden of Roman rule, Roman taxation. They're taxed by the temple, yes, but also by, the, by Rome. And there was such inequality at the time. It was like, you think there's inequality now? You go back 2,000 years in, in, in Israel, the inequality was astounding. And the society in which Mary and Joseph lived was not at all stable. It was not at all peaceful at all at the time that they lived in. And this is where we get to today's message. The series I mentioned is One Holy Night. And this is the first, uh, this first sermon about this One Holy Night. This sermon, today's topic, really technically takes place before that Holy Night. Because before there was a manger, and before there were shepherds abiding in the field, before there was a star, there was a journey. There was a journey from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. A long, difficult, brutal journey that they had to take. They were going to Bethlehem. Why? Why would they take a trip? Listen, this was not a vacation they were taking, this journey that the scriptures talk about. This was not a, a vacation uh, or, or, or a time away. The scriptures say, I'll read the scriptures right now, Luke chapter 2 in verse uh, 1 through 5. Um, it says this, as I'm getting there in my Bible, Luke 2, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. 
And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. So everybody had to go to their hometown um, to, to, for this census, for this taxing. They were doing a census, Rome was. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Joseph was a descendant of King David, the same David who killed Goliath. Joseph was a descendant of him. Now that's very important to note. Because in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, it gives the lineage of Christ and all the people who, uh, you know, from, from the beginning that were related. And, and Joseph was related to King David. The, the scriptures and the prophecies said that someone from the house of David would come and be the Messiah. And Joseph was part of this family, and so was Mary. It says in verse 5, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So they're on this long and tiring journey together. From Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. And this was not, like I said, this, the vacation or trip they were taking just for fun. This was not an enjoyable vacation trip to Florida. They were headed to Joseph's hometown for this census. And trips are hard enough. Listen, I've taken many a road trip with the kids, whether driving or flying. And with four kids, it's brutal enough. Could you imagine, have you ever traveled with someone that is nine months pregnant? I, I, I'm just assuming that it makes the trip a little bit more challenging, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more uncomfortable, and probably a little bit slower as well. You have to remember that the, the Bible was written to a certain group of people. The Bible, yes, is for us today. But when the Bible was written, okay, when Matthew, uh, uh, the, the author of the Gospel of Matthew, and Luke, the physician who wrote the book of Luke that we just read the scriptures from, when Luke wrote this passage over 2,000, or 2000 years ago, he was writing to a group of people. He was writing to people of that time, to the Jewish people and to the Romans of that time. He wasn't writing it to us. He was writing to people who understood the challenge of a trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. See, so when we read the scriptures and they say, oh, we went from Nazareth to Bethlehem, that sounds nice. They, 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 we just kind of gloss right over it. They just went from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But there's so much information and facts within that one statement that they went from Nazareth to Bethlehem. We have no idea how unbelievably difficult this trip was. Now, the people at that time that, that read this at the time, they would understand that. They would understand the difficulty, but we don't. We live in America. We live in 2023, and we just don't see it. This was a 90-mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a 90-mile journey. Now, today, we have roads, and we have highways, and we have vehicles. And a 90-mile journey, uh, for some of us, would probably take an hour. For, for Marissa, it would probably take an hour. 90 miles per hour. She could probably get there in an hour. No, I'm kidding. But for, for the average, it's probably like an hour. And you can get there. And I, we just drove to Holyoke and back. And we've driven to Boston and back. And, and that's a, you can get there pretty quick. At this time, listen, people could usually travel, at this time, 20 miles a day at most. 20 miles a day. With Mary's late stage of pregnancy being great with child, it, it was probably more like 10 miles a day. All the stops, all the uncomfortability that she was probably facing. They're probably, this trip, think about this trip. This trip that Mary, pregnant Mary, uh, with, with Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, in her womb, this trip probably took them around 7 to 10 days of traveling. Not in a car, not in a wagon. Seven to ten days. Travel probably, the scriptures don't give us the exact details, but you can look back at the culture. 
people, this, you know, this picture is of her on a donkey. The truth is that may have been that way, but more than likely, it was a cart pulled by a donkey because riding on a donkey ten, uh, for 10 days, that's a lot of bumping up and down for a pregnant woman. She probably would have had the baby on the trip, you know? So we don't know for sure, but we know it was a long and arduous journey. Many hazards on this trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I wish I had got a map uh, that showed Israel and just showed you how it goes up along the Jordan River, but it's a, there was many hazards on this trip. Wild animals, uh, uh, desert <laughs> robbers, that, 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 you know, you think of the Good Samaritan, uh, 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 that story where there was a man who was just walking on one of these roads and was brutally beat up and robbed. This was stuff they had to worry about. The valley alongside the Jordan River, which is part of their journey, uh, was heavily wooded. There was so much forest and trees, and it was very thick with, with woods. And there were lion, literal lions and bears and wild boars that lived there. There, the archaeologists have uncovered uh, uh, ancient manuscripts and signs, road signs, warning travelers of these kinds of dangers. This is the journey that Mary and Joseph had to take, a dangerous journey. And after that, the weather. Now, it's not New England over there, and it's not Florida either. So I'm not saying they had a bunch of snow, but more than likely December, the record low for Israel and for Jerusalem and Bethlehem uh, um, is 25 degrees. Which is cold. Okay, it's freezing. Now that's the record. The average is still right around 35 to 40 degrees in the evenings. And it rains that whole season out there. So no roads, no cars, no Patagonias, no Columbia jackets. Fires had to be made for warmth, but also for safety to keep the wild animals away. This is a dangerous, a long and tiring and grueling and dangerous, brutal journey that they were on. This 90-mile trek to Bethlehem. But even though the journey was challenging, the journey was worthwhile. Even though the journey was tiring, the journey was worthwhile. Even though the journey was intensely dangerous, the journey was worthwhile because the end result, church, listen, the end result of that journey to Bethlehem far outweighed any struggle or danger or fatigue that they faced on that journey. Because at the end of that journey, church, at the end of that 90 mile upwards of 10 days journey they were going to get to Bethlehem there was going to be no room for them in the end they were going to go to that cave or that stable or whatever it was and the savior of the world was going to be born and the angels were going to meet the shepherds on that hillside and say glory to God in the highest peace on earth goodwill toward men a cry would ring out in the dark of the night and little did the world know that peace had come down to earth. Hallelujah. The journey was hard, but it was worthwhile. That little baby, that little baby in the manger was a savior of the world. And those people had, as the video showed, they had sat in darkness for so long, waiting for that Messiah, waiting for that savior that was promised to them, that the prophets predicted that a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son, and he'll be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father. The government shall be upon his shoulder. He's going to take care of us. He's going to rescue us. They had waited so long for that Messiah, and he was finally here. Before the manger, before that cry came, there was a young, pregnant, scared Jewish girl. 
There was a husband that was doing his best to take care of her, and it was a hard and brutal journey. And I'm glad for that truth. I'm glad for that truth. I'm glad for that part of the story, the journey, because each one of you this morning are on your own journey today. Every one of you, myself included, we're on a journey. They all look different, but they share some similarities. You have faced some danger, maybe, emotionally, physically, whatever. You are tired. You are worn out. You feel like it's never going to end, that the night will go on and on and on and on. Hear me today, church. Hear me today. Your journey might be challenging right now, but your journey is worthwhile. Can I say that again, church? Your journey might be challenging right now. It might be tiring right now. It might be brutal. It might, you might feel like it's killing you right now. Your journey, but your journey is worth while, because although your journey is hard, the destination is on the horizon, and it's going to be beautiful in his time. Although your journey is wearing you out, and you feel like you can't take another step on your journey, the end result will be worth the trip. Mary and Joseph's journey culminated with the grace of God come down in a manger to save the world, and that same God who wrote the Christmas story, who is the Christmas story is writing your story and he walks with you on your journey believe that this morning church the same God is writing your story and he walks with you on your journey so this morning as we finish up I want to give you three thoughts with you as we close out this first sermon of our Christmas series okay on your journey on your journey which is hard, it's tiring. Some of you are in that journey right now. You're, we're all on a journey, but for some of you right now, you're at that challenging part of the journey. I would, I would venture to say that the majority of us are on a challenging part of our journey. We're going through something. It's tough, it's brutal, it's wearing me out. I feel like I don't have the energy for it. I don't know what the future holds, it's dark. On your journey, when it gets hard, and for some of you, it's hard right now, number one, number one, keep walking. Keep walking. One step at a time. This kind of goes right along with our message from a few weeks ago about not giving up. And, and we talked about, you know, taking one step at a time, take a deep breath and take another step. Keep walking one step at a time. Mary and Joseph's trip came from a long one. Could you just imagine? Could you just imagine? Like, I've taken some long trips in a car and it's brutal. You know, with AC and with heat and with entertainment for the kids in the back and with money to buy at Southern McDonald's. Could you imagine? Being nine months with child on a donkey on these dirt roads. And, and the, the historians say that those roads back then, they weren't just these flat, long, uphill and downhill and through mountains and all this different stuff. Dangerous. 
Their trip was day by day by day. And I have no doubt, I have no doubt, it's not even something you have to really pick apart. The truth is, there were probably moments on their journey where they're like, this is way too hard. This is way too much. I'm, I'm about to have a baby. What are we thinking? This is dangerous. We gotta stop. I'm carrying the savior of the world. Why are we even going to Bethlehem? All these questions. But day by day, guess what they did? They just kept going. They just kept going. We know they did because they arrived there at some point. So we can, we can honestly say we know that they kept going through the brutality and challenges of their journey. One step at a time. In church, I'm telling you this morning, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it hurts. But I'm telling you, keep on walking. One step at a time. You say, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I got nothing left. My emotions are spent. I'm shot. I got nothing left. Take another step. But it hurts. I don't like it, man. It's painful. I can't, I can't live another day with it. Just take another step. But I, but I know I, it's so dark out. I can't see what the future holds. I don't know what's going to happen. Just take another step. Take another step. Take another step. Keep walking. What else? Keep, not just keep walking, but keep looking ahead. Keep looking ahead. What's behind you is past. Your past doesn't own you. Your past doesn't own you. I'm going to say it again. Your past doesn't own you. Your past doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. Your past does not define you. What you failed at yesterday doesn't have to define you today because the scriptures say it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed for his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. Keep looking ahead. Keep looking ahead. What's behind you is past and it does not own you. Mary and Joseph on their journey, they didn't turn around and go home. They kept their eyes forward, headed towards Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a destination. We've just got to get to Bethlehem. We've just got to get to where we're going. We're going to keep looking at around and look back and reconsider our options. Maybe we, No, we're going to keep looking ahead. And some of us are so stuck on what we did or what happened to us. We're just spinning our wheels. We're just spinning our wheels. We're not moving anywhere. And God, God is ready and willing and trying to rescue us and to grow us and to mold us into what he wants us to be. But we won't get our eyes looking ahead to, the, to his grace and to our future in him. We're stuck. We're stuck. We're spinning our wheels. Keep looking ahead, church. Keep looking ahead. On your journey, keep looking ahead. Yes, learn from the past. Yes. Yes, learn from the past. Let regret, the regret of past mistakes, let regret be a grace that moves us to make adjustments. Yes, I'm all for that. I understand that. But keep your eyes looking ahead. I can look back at mistakes I've made and, and choices that I made that I regret. I have regrets. Yes, I think we probably all do. But I don't let those regrets own me and keep me down. No, I let those regrets push me forward and say, I'm not going to go back there. I know, I, listen, I'm living in freedom. I'm not going back there. I regret choices I made and the way I lived my life and the way that I treated my family. But I, I, that's a regret that is a grace that Jesus uses in my life to move me forward. Yes, learn from the past, but don't let it own you. It doesn't have to own you. I'm telling you today, it doesn't own you. You belong, you are bought with a price. You belong to Jesus Christ. Keep looking ahead. What's behind you is past. It doesn't own you. And lastly, not just keep walking, keep looking ahead, but keep the faith. Keep the faith. The sun will come up in the morning. It always does. It always does. You ever had a day, you ever had a day when 
it's just such a crappy day that when you get to the end of it, you're like, I've been, I just want to go to bed. I want to go to bed at like 6.30 because I just, I just want to wake up to a new one. I just want to wake up to another day. I think tomorrow will be a little bit better than today. You ever had a day like that? I just want, I just want, I want to see the sun rise. It may even be cloudy. It looks terrible today. It's raining out. But at least it's, at least the sun is somewhere behind all these clouds. We know it's there. We know it's there. Especially on this time of the year when it gets dark at like, when the kids are getting off the bus and you're like, it's nighttime. What time? I'm going to bed, kids. It's the, the, the sun's down. No, it really, it's, it's, you've had those days. The sun's going to come up. It's going to come up again. No doubt Mary and Joseph hated those cold and rainy nights on that journey to Bethlehem. I would. Especially, I'm, I've never been nine months pregnant. And no doubt this, you, this, this stinks, man. This is awful. It's cold. It's rainy. I, um, I'm very uncomfortable. Joseph, God bless him, as the husband. I remember when, I, when Marissa was having Donald at the hospital. I'm trying to take care of Marissa, her first baby. And uh, she's laying there, gripping the side of the bed. She was, so, she was not like a, she was a quiet in pain, and I remember I had like a wet washcloth, and I was trying to be sweet, like pat her there. She just went, <laughs> didn't say, God, what did you do to me? She just, but like, imagine Joseph on a 90 mile journey, 10 days, with a nine month pregnant woman who, who really, you were just told by an angel that it's not even really technically your kid, that, that she was a virgin and conceived. That's, whoa, it's a lot. There was probably really challenging days. The, the fear of animals, you know, and robbers taking advantage of the situation, a very scary place for them. But they kept on going, didn't they? They kept the faith. They knew what the angels had said. You're going to bear a son. You're going to call him Emmanuel. He's going to save the people from their sins. It may no means God with us. God's coming down. And you're going to raise him. Wow. And your night may be dark right now. Your journey might be scary now, but remember, the scriptures say that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. A great song just came out this past year called Joy in the Morning, and, when, and the chorus says this. The chorus says, if it's not good, then he's not done. No, he's not done with it yet. There will be joy in the morning. He is taking your journey, he's taking a situation, and he's turning it to good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Keep the faith on your journey. The sun will rise again on you. The sun, church, the sun will rise again on you. I know it's hard. I know it's challenging. I know it's difficult. I know it hurts, but the sun will rise again on you. It will. Keep the faith. So on your journey today, church, on your journey today, as we look back on the journey of Mary and Joseph on their 90-mile trip to Bethlehem and the challenges they most definitely faced, I'm challenging you this morning to keep on walking, to keep looking ahead, and to keep the faith. Christmas is a time of hope. Christmas is a time of peace. It's a time of rest. It's a time when we... We look back, we can enjoy time with families, yes, but Christmas is challenging for a lot of people. Christmas is difficult for a lot of people. Some people don't look forward to this season at all. Some of you aren't really feeling a whole lot of that Christmas joy in your life right now. Maybe today it's time to get down on your knees and give your journey to Jesus. 
to give your journey to Jesus, to give your fears, give your worries, give your stresses, give your sleepless nights, your tears, your regrets, give them to Jesus. Give them to Jesus. The end result of Mary and Joseph's journey was the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The Messiah has come. The end of their journey, the end result was Jesus came to earth. Jesus, your friend. Jesus, your king, your savior. Let him, let Jesus help guide you and help you on your journey. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.